there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really good. Happy to be here. Lots to discuss as always. Definitely having a good start to season eight. For sure. Fun episode today. We're going to be discussing a bunch of news, answering some five-star review questions, and then getting to as many Instagram questions as we can. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream, 4 to 6 p.m. PST. If you want two extra podcasts a month and a ton of other exclusive benefits, join our Patreon by clicking the link in the description below. If you're interested, it would really help us to continue doing this incredibly fun podcast. Before we talk about some news, let's hear some five-star reviews. First review coming from Ninja042. Five stars. I'm really enjoying this podcast. I just got back into Apex, and I really just needed some people to talk about it with. Well, I don't really have that, but with this podcast, it definitely is scratching that itch. Thanks, guys. By the way, if you need someone on the PC side of things, just hit me up. Appreciate that. You might actually get hit up pretty soon for some PC help. Um, My fan's been going a little crazy lately, so we're going to have to figure that out. Next five-star review coming from Low. This podcast is not just for new players. I am a two-times master player with multiple 4K, 20 bomb badges, and I can't even begin to explain how much I enjoy your podcast. I just started listening a month ago and I became an instant fan. I find myself waiting for the next episode every week. Great job on the podcast, guys, and keep it going strong. Very nice. Always good to hear that we have a range of uh, people listening to the show. You know, now that we're going twice a week, I was going to say, hopefully, uh, you're able to get that that fix of the third party a little easier. We're excited about it. Hopefully, you're liking it low. And uh, yeah, thanks for the review. Now let's dive into the news. Okay, we got a lot of news to cover today. We're going to be honest. Like this is this new uh, two episodes a week structure is not normally going to be this heavy on the news side, but this is a crazy week. Uh, and so we're going to try and get through as much as we can. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, and the first piece of news being the exclusive Kings Canyon playlist was cut short by one week from the t- traditional two at the start of each season. Um, and that's been happening every season since the map rotation became a feature. You disappointed that we're losing a week of exclusivity? I, I think it's kind of disappointing. I kind of look forward to being on one map, having mm-hmm. that kind of consistency, kind of fun to kind of grind and rank, to have that two weeks to practice. Um, but, you know, I'm excited that we're hopping into this new event that we'll mm-hmm. talk about more. And I think that this kind of coincides, that it's not just that Kings Canyon uh, isn't everybody's number one favorite, but also getting this uh, this takeover mm-hmm. in and getting the event rolling, I think is really interesting to happen this soon into the season. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to get back on Olympus. I love Kings. I love edge. I'm sad that we're not going to be playing a ton of edge this season. It looks like, uh, but I'm going to enjoy all the maps in the game. They're all great. Next piece of news coming from John Larson, live balance designer at respawn. He confirmed with us directly that Wraith is now in the middle of the pack when it comes to win rate. John also specified that her encounter win rate remains top three. Uh, we're just going to throw what we know on the caveat is this is pretty small sample size coming from the beginning of the season. And we're a little, honestly, still unsure of encounter win rate and what it means for the game and the legends. Uh, we really hope to learn more about this stat specifically in the near future. But obviously, a drastic shift from what we've been used to for seven seasons. Yeah, this if this 
comes out to remain clear throughout mm-hmm. the season and we understand kind of what the impacts of the season eight hip box balancing are, uh, this is by far the largest meta shift we've ever seen mm-hmm. in the last two years of Apex. Um, definitely fascinating. We're going to keep our our ear to the ground on it and make sure that we know what's going on. You'll hear more about this uh, piece of information in the future when we get uh, some more details kind of surrounding what it means and how it means the future of Apex might be balanced because there's a lot of options coming out now. Next piece of news, Kings Canyon has been removed from the ALGS until after the championships due to late game zone, zone quality concerns and feedback from ALGS players, which looks like it's going to be so next two plus months. Uh, we're not going to be having Kings in ALGS rotation. Um, give it your first impressions of this. Yeah, my first impressions are I'm disappointed as mm-hmm. a fan. You know, I, I wish that the pros could play the same game that I'm playing. Um, you know, I love Kings Canyon. I'm excited to be on it this season. I've had a ton of fun. I think the changes are excellent. Um, but, you know, this comes down to player opinion and so many emotions have been on the table that I think this is probably the best way for Respawn and Apex to interact, give back to the pro scene and let them just do what they want to do. I love Kings. I would have loved to watch Kings be in the game. If there's zone quality concerns, I understand that being an issue. And honestly, feedback from ALGS players, if it makes them happy, I'm cool with it because I don't want them to have to, you know, share all their negative feelings about the map consistently on social media. So I like that we're going to have a bit more positivity in the community. It's a great PR move for sure. We are going to now be talking about the developers and designers who went on Reddit to do an AMA and ask me anything. And they talked about legends and so much more. Uh, We spent a lot of time going through every comment and we are by no means Redditors. So we were trying to learn how it actually functions and such. We really pulled out a lot of the key information that we found. There's even more. So if you're a diehard that wants to know everything about future server changes and such, you can hop into there. Uh, But we're going to kind of run through the legends and then some other things and talk about the changes that we think are interesting and just the interesting thoughts. And we're going to start with Fuse. So we had some facts come out about Fuse from this AMA. Uh, first being that Fuse's effect on Rampart walls is much too strong currently and changes will be coming with the next patch to that. I know that one hits you hard. Yeah, I mean, you all heard us say it, mm-hmm. maybe myself. Uh, last week, I thought that this was an unfair extra power buff that was too specifically targeted against an already low legend mm-hmm. abilities. Um, and so I, I really like that they've addressed this um i just i did call it you did you did you were very early adopter to that idea a uh, next piece of information about fuse coming from daniel klein uh this is kind of a fun fact one of fuse's first ultimates we tried was just straight up a giant bomb you'd shoot it like a mortar similar to what his current ult looks like but when it came down after a short warning it would just kill you that was fun not for the other people though so we didn't ship it that would be crazy it needs to kill I think it's crazy. I mean, we've never seen an ability like that in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's the direction that Apex should be going. You mm-hmm. know, in the last couple of months, we've been talking about how Apex is trying to cater, trying to bring the skill down just a little bit to make mm-hmm. it more attractive to new players. I don't know if an ability like this uh, is ever going to be in on the roadmap yeah. for Apex. Mm-hmm. It, it, even though it seems easy, there's always two sides to it. Um, and when the really good players get an insta-kill ability, that tends to be less fun. So 
Good thing this didn't make the final cut. And it takes away from the core element of Apex that you and I are both huge fans of, and that's the gunplay. And mm. uh, we love the abilities, but first and foremost, it's that movement and these guns that uh, really shine for us. And so having the insta-kill takes a bit away from that function. Uh, last piece of news about Fuse, uh, related to his kind of statistics to early on, obviously. Uh, his trio win rate is currently 4.65% on day one. And according to Daniel, new characters normally rise by around 0.5% after release, probably, you know, learning about the character and such. So if he ends up at that 5.1%, that is what they would call a bullseye. Yeah, and that would definitely be a bullseye. Based on Mm -hmm. our conversation with Daniel, um, the spread or the range of win rate is 4.3% to 5.7%. So 5.1 really is dead center. Nailed it. Um, I'm going to be really curious, definitely keeping my eye out, uh, for where it settles. Um, I have some serious hesitations Mm -hmm. about the future of Fuse, but I've enjoyed playing him. I'm excited to talk more about kind of the tips and tricks, uh, with Fuse and how to really lean into his kit. Um, but overall, I think this is pretty good news. Definitely not, uh, the same game as Horizon. No, uh, no. In terms of releasing and win rate and things like that, but Fuse seems to have come out as a solid legend. We're excited to talk about in detail more about Fuse next week and where he kind of fits in in Apex in the grand scheme of things. So stay tuned for that one. Next, we got a controversial topic. We're going to be talking about the state of Caustic. So when asked about why Caustic was not nerfed despite significant calls from the community, game designer John Larson responded with some interesting information. First of which being Caustic has the number one win rate in games longer than 20 minutes. Changes to allowing teammates to play in friendly caustic gas with no repercussions is a big thing that created a lot of power. We were very early on about that. We said that was a drastic change at the time. And he will be getting attention in the near future that aims to tweak him in a way that removes frustration without hurting how he feels to play caustic. Before you give your opinion, I just want to say this concept of frustration is going to be repeated later on in the show. And it is an interesting balance element. And I hope that this team can figure out how to take frustration and balance it out of the game because it seems incredibly challenging to me and obviously impactful on the community and the game itself. Yeah, just like you said, I think it's a very difficult thing to focus on. If your mm-hmm. goal is to just make abilities less frustrating on the other side, how is that different from power? So like yeah, if, and if finding that line is difficult. Frustration is an emotion. Mm-hmm. That's not power there's no number associated with frustration so i think it's a very interesting goal that i have seen them repeat over and over again but echoing what daniel klein has said in the past in the last two seasons wants to keep the gas scary don't come mm-hmm, into the gas mm-hmm. like that's part of caustic's thing the, the so, removing the teammate penalty that was such an interesting one and i'm glad yeah. that they kind of reiterated that that created a lot of power because Playing with a caustic always used to be so frustrating, and that was, I think, a notable penalty when you were with one on your team. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. It's definitely more enjoyable as a teammate, um, and I think that probably helped to increase his win rate. And it pick um, rate, a pick rate as and, well. Yeah, and the team mechanic, the number one win rate in games longer than twenty minutes really baffled me. Mm-hmm. I was kind of taken aback. I'm not sure if I just. I'm old school, like back in the <laughs> old day, like there was 30 minute games mm-hmm. when the game released. Maybe I played too much ranked, but 
I I think that most games are 20 minutes. I'm wrong. Most games are like 12 to 15. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was very shocked by this number that end game, like time's ticking. It supports the general conception it really of does. what he is. And so it's glad that the data and what people are saying does align from that standpoint. So now they just got to figure out what needs to be done, essentially. Next, talking about Loba. We're going to be getting some tactical buffs in the future coming from Daniel Klein. One thing we are trying is just making it feel better while not adding too much power. We're currently playtesting a version that doesn't slow you down at all while the bracelet is in the air and that doesn't slow you down when you arrive at your target location. Bit scary, but been testing well so far. So while there isn't an ETA, we hope to ship something for Loba's tactical soonish. Um, interesting because the changes to speed on the front end and back end sound to me like adding power but i guess i'm wrong <laughs> i i absolutely think it's adding power yeah. um i i definitely think that's a very strong thing when we look at loba right now we mostly compare her tactical to wraiths mm-hmm. even though they're very different loba's is slower more long range um and more kind of cover to cover wraith you can kind of use it in the open a little mm-hmm. more um but both have the similarity of having that kind of slowed movement penalty Mm -hmm. upon activation. I think it's interesting given the fact that Loba has the longer range um, and is a little slower. um, I think it's interesting to say, we're going to do this. It's not necessarily fair Mm -hmm. to Wraith is what I'm trying to say. I think it will definitely add power to Loba. I totally deserve, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because everything kind of happens in relation to other legends. Mm-hmm. And so are you treating similar abilities the same or are you treating them differently? And I think if they go forward with this, they're treating them a little differently. I agree. We're Loba fans over here though. And so we've loved the love she's been getting over the past couple seasons. Little changes here and there that we think are pretty dang impactful. And this would probably be another one to add onto that list. Uh, she's the prime example of how you balance a character. Nothing drastic, nothing crazy, but Let's add something. Does this do it? Yes, a little bit. Do we need a little bit more? Yep, let's do it. They haven't had to take away. They haven't had to make any big statements on Loba. Uh, She's on a really good journey and path as it is. Revenant. Okay, the Revenant struggle. Uh, I'm just going to kind of read out this entire thing because we've talked about it a ton in the past, but we kind of want to put a reminder out there for anyone that's new, uh, kind of what's going on with Revenant. So the question was asked, asked, Will Rev be getting his promised buff later this season, or will we have to wait until season 9? So, Daniel then responded by saying what we've kind of reiterated, but here's the full-on quote. Revenant's a tough one to tackle. While his performance does put him in a spot where he needs a buff, it's not clear which part of him we could buff without adding a meaningful amount of frustration to his game. His tactical and ult are frustrating the fight, his tactical silences you, which is frustrating and when you're smashing a key trying to save yourself from the ability and his ultimate makes you fight enemies twice, setting up a baseline unfair fight. Truth be told, I'd really like to buff Revenant in a way that gives him the power he needs without making him a lot more frustrating to fight. That would imply stuff like hitboxes or his passive. We see the suggestion to give him infinite climb height a lot, but it turns out this isn't quite as simple as tweaking a number. We'll need some time to figure out how to best make that happen. I'm also doubtful that it would actually meaningfully buff him, but it definitely would be better. Sorry, I don't have more to share right now, but he's on our radar. Yeah, I, I love talking about Revenant. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking before the show how we might want to have a whole episode dedicated to ideas for Revenant. Because his kit 
is such a fascinating one to look at. Right it now. has such a ceiling of power when used correctly. But that concept that Daniel's iterating of frustration being kind of a negative thing, it's a tough line to balance. And when we talked with him in our interview, he kind of talked about the concept of he's not incredibly satisfying to play. And that needs to be important in this game. And so he is like, while you're saying, that's why we're thinking of doing a whole episode on it, because he is just fascinating. Yeah, it's very interesting to look at that potential power. Like you said, Revenant has the ability to absolutely destroy you Mm -hmm. if used at the very highest level, at the highest level of team coordination. Mm -hmm. The silence has unbelievable power. It is absolutely crazy. And the fact that you have two of them and they have a duration of 20 seconds is crazy. Like there's so much power there, but I understand how maybe it's just not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like from a style standpoint, like the numbers don't need to be tweaked. It's the actual ability that just doesn't quite cut it for the players and getting that positive feedback Mm -hmm. for their abilities. And then, you know, we've talked about the Ultima so much. It's so powerful. It's very, very powerful, but you need to coordinate very close. You need to be in a perfect situation where you can protect the totem, yada, yada, yada. So I think this is an interesting one. And really, we haven't heard a lot of big ideas internally from Respawn. No. And so this might be an opportunity for the third-party nation to get creative, <laughs> send us your ideas. We'll have a discussion about it, see if we can make an episode mm-hmm. of some good ideas, and then we'd like to give that back to the community and see if we can do something for our guy, Rev. Yep, if we find something that sticks, that would be awesome. Let's talk about Pathfinder and the state he's in. When asked about Pathfinder, Daniel Klein responded by saying, Path is in a healthy spot right now in terms of pick and win rate. I do think he could stand to be a little more powerful, and he's definitely fallen out of the ALGS meta which isn't a bad thing in of itself, seeing how long he was a must pick. I think we can probably take low profile off of him soon, and then we'll see what else we can give him to make him better and competitive again. Any ideas? And the first most notable thing, obviously, low profile sounds like it's going to be coming off soon, which is something people have been asking for for a long time. But we've been talking about that passive for a while now, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, there's something else added into that kit. Yeah, you know, We've talked about Pathfinder at length, you know, over the last year of their journey. Um, It's been a wild ride and Mm -hmm. it has kind of felt in the past like Pathfinder has had a target on his back and we haven't really been sure why. And so for Daniel to say, you know, it's a good thing that he's out of the ALGS meta. That's interesting because we have a lot of legends that have been solidified in that meta who are not being like removed. Yeah, I think the idea of the ALGS uh, kind of impacting legend balancing is really interesting because like you were referring to, Rampart, Mirage, you know, Octane, never even considered to be cracked into that. And so to hear that as kind of an actual influence maybe in their minds can be kind of fun for maybe you fans of these those legends that aren't getting picked because that means maybe they will get looked at as some future consideration. Yeah, but... On the flip side, it's also scary. You know, Very. Who, who's next? Mm-hmm. Are they going to start attacking Watson because mm-hmm. she's a must pick in the ALGS? Gibby's rising. Like It's very mm-hmm. interesting to say, like, is that a really good thing? Is Pathfinder actually healthy aside from that so-called accomplishment? I think it's very interesting. The low profile, I think, is a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. You know, the size of Pathfinder's hitbox, the, the nerfs to the tactical, totally. I think. Totally deem it absolutely necessary to remove the low profile just to see what happens um, because 
Pathfinder is the best to have on your team. Yep. Like just so positive vibes. There's a lot of funny legends right now, mm-hmm. like Fuse, Rampart, Mirage, Loba a little bit. Like they're all pretty funny. But Pathfinder, positive vibes. I you got to get them on the team. Path, Fuse, Mirage might be my favorite team comp, just from a entertainment standpoint. They know how to keep it light. They do. Let's talk about Lifeline now. Game designer John Larson described Lifeline's ultimate as often underwhelming and that the passive is the cause of a lot of player frustration. Ended by saying that she's a prime candidate to receive some ability power shuffling. This is honestly nothing new. We've been talking about this and heard about this concept of shuffling power to the ultimate away from the passive. Seeing it in practice, um, I will be impressed. If it is uh, done correctly, I can understand why they want to do it. It is that frustration, key frustration, that is uh, very impactful on Apex right now. Yeah, I... It's so weird to me because my life doesn't really revolve around Lifeline very much. Mm-hmm. I, I don't find myself talking about her very much. I play her occasionally. She's like I've my been playing her pick. the most lately, like, and she's, that's not normal. She's not rare for me, but I don't really gravitate towards her in the, the recent history. But essentially what they're saying is that Lifeline needs another rework. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of that ultimate in order to put more power into it. So we can take away from the passive. So we can take away from the passive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very interesting because, number one, it's very unique to have a legend's abilities completely reworked once, let alone twice. But number two, Lifeline is so popular Mm -hmm. that talking about Lifeline is very impactful. Yeah. Like, she has that top five pick rate. A lot of people love her. You're going to see her a lot. And so changes to her are really changes to Apex. Mm-hmm. And so these conversations, I think, are very fascinating and interesting to, to hear that we might be looking at a double rework in order to get her into a place that people are happy. It would be crazy for sure. And exciting, I think, is a fine word to use. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, next piece, Legends will continue to release strong. Uh, this is coming from Daniel Klein. I uh, talked about how the plan is absolutely to have Legends really stronger than, you know, Rampart or Loba did in the past. Talked about how it's easier for them to react and nerf something quickly after a week than to wait till the midseason to then add a buff to something. Uh, and then really just the whole point was Legends are going to continue to come out strong, maybe not as strong as Horizon did. That's something Henry and I have been talking about for a long time. I absolutely am a huge fan of this, no doubt. It's a good way to go. Just to allow a legend to be picked Mm -hmm. at the very least you want people to try them i don't think enough people you know have gotten to try loba and crypto Mm -hmm. and revenant and rampart um to a point where they can even give them a fair shake totally fair we're going to wrap up by some other notable pieces of information from the ama when asked about tdm in the near future a game designer responded by saying we're looking at ways to expand the play spaces of our legends beyond battle royale All I'll say is that we have a lot of really cool prototypes in the work. We've talked about some leaks in the past of some of those prototypes. We are beyond fascinated to get some of the uh, alter game modes in this game. I think that it's a big move, you Mm -hmm. know, especially if Respawn has their eyes on Warzone as Mm -hmm. their biggest competitor, um, which I think that they do. Interestingly enough, um, adding more modes is really crucial to that. And I think that it's it's a balancing act because if you worry about your playlist and your queue times um, and you don't really want to add more variety, mm-hmm. well, 
one way to attract more players is to add more variety. Yep. And so you might solve the thing that you fear mm-hmm. losing. Um, so I'm very hopeful for this. I'm very excited to see all uh, the ideas they have internally. We've seen a couple already, like you said, um, but this could be really, really fun. Definitely. We have big meta changes not making the cut in time this season. And according to a game designer, we should expect some spiciness in the midseason update and at the start of season nine. I'm kind of looking forward to this midseason update now. We're hearing some rumors around this one. Yeah, they did say start of season nine. So I'm not holding my breath, mm-hmm. but my expectations are high mm-hmm. on all these promises on tweaking, Lifeline, Gibraltar, the whole lineup. The whole is lineup. Really getting, yeah. uh, promised changes just small tweaks for the most part aside from lifeline maybe revenant but i think there's a lot that is right now on the docket that has been confirmed internally so the expectations are there cross progression is something that's being looked into and that they think it would be great for the game but it is incredibly difficult to implement and a ways off so all of you fans hoping for henry and shay to make the full-on switch to pc Sorry, it's not happening anytime soon. Not willing to give up the skins yet. Next, when asked about ranked duos being added to the game, a game designer responded by saying, when it comes to the competitive nature of Apex, we are first and foremost a three legend squad game. The bulk of balancing is and will always be done with this game mode in mind. To have a true and competitive duos mode that is missing a third of a squad that the game is designed and balanced around can lead to an ultimately unstable experience at various levels of play. And making those concessions, knowing one mode would suffer, isn't something we're willing to do. Essentially, directly refuting the concept of ranked duos. It's not going to be coming to the game, which is something that we've talked about. It doesn't fit what they've said for a long time. Yeah, this is something that I remember applauding a year ago. Mm-hmm. Very beginning of our show, multiple episodes, I remember us both saying, Respawn is very defensive of their game mm-hmm. and they're mature. Like they are not always going to pander to what people are asking. They want to keep the stability of their game high. They want it to be the best that it can be and are willing to to say no mm-hmm. to, to make it that. And so I respect that. We see it again now on this question about ranked duos. I appreciate it. Um, but as much as you say no, we need you know some other options. We need you to say yes, get mm-hmm. creative with other ideas, mm-hmm. and I think they are working on that. Yeah, but it sounds like it's not going to come in the form of ranked duos or ranked solos in the near future, essentially. That's correct. Last piece of information coming from the AMA, lots of changes to clubs coming. Nothing specified, just that they have a lot of ideas and a strong roadmap uh, ahead of them. Very exciting. We love the club's concept, and to see it continues to develop will be really cool. Love it. It's really great news. Let's talk about the anniversary event now. Two years. Happy birthday, Apex. We're coming up on the one-year birthday of the podcast as well. We'll keep you posted on that. We started this one off, though, with the anniversary trailer that came from Mirage and Crypto's narration. What were your thoughts on it besides hilarious? It was awesome. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of unique things they've never really shown on the big screen before, um, which I really enjoyed. I love the, uh, the fail reel of uh, Mirage. I thought that was hilarious. Um, But yeah, it was just a really fun time to kind of look back retrospectively, all the changes um, and definitely narrated by Mirage and Crypto was a, was a great thing to have on top. The locked and loaded takeover is also the event that we have going on with this. Uh, Staying with that takeover style mode. Um, You know, we'll probably talk about more of this in detail in the future, but what have been your first impressions off playing this mode? 
first impressions are the loot's already cranked, and mm-hmm. this is crazy. You're talking purple armor everywhere you look. Um, it's it's pretty intense, um, but you know it it's still pretty regular Apex. It kind of just feels like Apex, but dialed up to eleven. Um, there's no real gameplay shifts. It's purely loot. So it, it's definitely uh, not so far removed from other LTMs, and so mm-hmm. I think it's still totally appropriate to be in this takeover style. Yep. But still, kind of holding my breath, thinking, when are they going to do something? kind of crazy with yeah. this takeover i'm so interested in what the future of ltms are and if takeovers are going to be the way at this point um so i think it's going to be cool to kind of see where we continue to go with that uh you know we also got some badges bangalore art tracker looking great per usual 50 percent off of crafting for the collection event skins uh so normally it takes 2400 to craft a collection event skin 1200 for legendary uh, normally 1600 for purple, 800 for the purple now in the collection event. This is going to create some really dang good deals for you guys, including myself potentially. Uh, I love that they kind of made this one a bit more accessible. The skins are all collection event recolors. Uh, instead of getting a new heirloom, you get heirloom shards, so you can choose any heirloom you want. I very much enjoy the setup. Skins look great. Anything else you may want to throw in? Yeah, I, I definitely like the event it's very fun you know seeing pretty much everybody's best skin in a recolor is is pretty cool keeping with the red and gold theme of apex also yeah it's definitely cool to see i also like that in the event the actual rewards the r99 and the spitfire skin spitfire specifically is one that i really like Mm -hmm. the base model of um so i'm excited for that um then you get two packs as well so that's really nice um on top of this, though, this event is long. 12 weeks to complete all the challenges. First time we've ever seen this. Yeah. So different. It's, it's very good, you know, for those challenges. A little easier, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little longer to make up your mind on spending some money. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because how will the duration of this event impact the momentum of the season and kind of the content roadmap? I think is a pretty big question. Yeah, I think... Uh, we're going to be talking about that a lot, honestly. I do think it's going to come up in news, specifically when we talk about leaks in the future. Uh, it's so different from what we're used to. And I think it's a cool birthday thing. Like if this was a yearly thing, a lot to ask for, obviously. But I like having the collection event skins available for a longer period of time. I like that they're cheaper. I like that they're more accessible to people. And I like that the challenges are really cool. Like deal a significant amount of damage for one of them. I don't remember the exact number, uh, but not like just walk in the parks this time around. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think it definitely may set a precedent. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're saying that because of the duration of this event, that we will not get another one this season. Which is something we rumored might happen. Essentially, we think we might get another takeover mm-hmm. at the split and then another extra thing. But we're looking at a season with only recolors and no heirloom. Mm-hmm. Not as much content as we've seen in the past on the aesthetic side. Mm-hmm. I myself don't really care about the aesthetic side, <laughs> but new skins are a major you know, moneymaker for the game, mm-hmm. major thing that attracts people to the game. Um, so I, I wonder if this model works, it's way easier on mm-hmm. respawn. Like they, it's cheaper. This I don't season. think this is going to be a consistent model. I do think that this is going to be maybe a one-time thing or a once a year thing, just cause kind of like what you're saying, 
new skins drive traffic and you can only recycle recolors of skins so many times before people start to get a little frustrated you do it once a year it's looked at as really cool you do it every season people are going to start to get a little pissed off about that one uh but yeah seeing how maybe a town takeover and another ltm fit into the structure is going to be really interesting uh and maybe we don't even get that so there's that potential as well any other thoughts on the anniversary event it's a good time to be playing Apex. I'm glad we made it this far. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the future. Um, I think that you should go out and play. It's the anniversary. Definitely. We're going to now be talking about leaks before we get into some questions. Uh, so if you don't want to hear about leaks, anything about the future of the game that's not confirmed by Apex yet, skip ahead. Timestamp's going to be in the description. Let's talk about leaks now. All this is coming from our guy, Shrug Toll. First, Bangalore Heirloom is supposed to be the next one released. Uh, I still don't think we have a confirmed model about what it is. We've heard knives, all kinds of fun stuff, but Bangalore's been due. Yeah, I think that she's definitely been arm on our mind for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've kind of thought, oh, maybe she's going to be next all the way back in season five. So I think that she's definitely due. I'm excited to see what they come up with. There's been a lot of controversy around what it might be, um, but next season i'm looking forward to it definitely we also have leaked armor smith hop-up which could be added to the re45 and alternator Uh, it's theorized that this is going to increase the amount contributed to leveling up your shields so not increase damage but will increase the amount your evo goes up which is kind of an interesting way of looking at it and counter to disruptors potentially i love hop-ups from a game design standpoint i cannot wait to talk to the person responsible for hop-ups and weapon balancing because this is so interesting Mm -hmm. if you think about a weapon that is really good for charging your shields Mm -hmm. you think sniper yeah you think g7 Mm -hmm. stay at distance Mm -hmm. get your shields charged up this This is flips it on the head no Mm -hmm. use a machine pistol Mm -hmm. and go up there and try to get your shields up very counterintuitive very interesting if i have common shield i don't really want to be using the re45 even if it has this special benefit. So yeah. I just find it fascinating that where where and what they use for hop-ups, mm-hmm. this is definitely trying to force people into maybe dangerous situations unless the leveling up is quite drastic. Yeah. Speaking of hop-ups, we also have a leak for the tempo hop-up, which could go on the Sentinel and is speculated to increase fire rate on successful shots. Obviously, it could be incredibly powerful on marksman rifles g7 sentinel you know longbow that kind of thing uh kind of a fun idea though makes the rich richer <laughs> very fun idea i think that the sentinel needs a little bit of love mm-hmm. like looking at it on paper i don't know if there's anything by the numbers that they can do to actually make people gravitate towards it more but hop-ups are a way to kind of push people to use weapons mm-hmm. you know i think that it's useful even though the quick draw holster doesn't massively change the RE45. It does kind of encourage people, oh, I have this. I'm going to go look for a RE45. I think that this might be a good way to mix up the sniper meta a little bit because the Sentinel really is a great weapon. It just is a little harder to use because of that rate of fire. And so I think this hop up is hitting it right on the nose. Good attention for the weapon. I look forward to seeing if this does come into the game. Definitely. We also have more information towards bows as weapons. Very exciting uh, from my perspective. Uh, And they were added this patch, including references for standard and shatter arrow tips and a new hop up called shatter rounds. We don't need to 
dive deep on bow and arrows. We've talked about it a bunch. Super exciting. I'm hoping we learn more information soon on this one. Next, we have no-fill matchmaking option could be coming soon. No-fill is an interesting concept. Are you going to be running no-fill if that comes to the game anytime soon? I probably won't, but I know some will. For the streamers, potentially. And last but not least, coming from Shrug, Caustic Town Takeover and Water Treatment is set to be the next town takeover. Um, Could be coming at not the perfect time from the hate that he's receiving currently, but I think water treatment's been rumored to be a spot that uh, could use a town takeover for a while now. And so it'll be cool to see his specifically. We've talked a bit in the past theorizing about what it could look like. Could be frustrating. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it definitely is a great location for him. You know, being the kind of chemical guy, being at the water treatment facility is a mm-hmm. little scary. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I'd be excited for that. Always looking at the town takeovers and what they do unique. They're always raising the bar. Every mm-hmm. single one in the last year has been getting better. So I look forward to those as always. We're going to now wrap it up with some questions, starting with two five-star review questions, uh, and then we'll dive into some Instagram questions. But if you want your question guaranteed to be answered, put it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Read us the first one. So this is the five-star review coming from Ewan. This podcast is amazing. I can't get into the Discord because the link is not working for me. Ewan, I've checked it. It works great. Message us on Instagram. We'll get you all squared away. Mm -hmm. It does work. But I have been looking for a team to run ranked with, and I'm stuck in gold and plat, but I also can't find a main, so I'm not going anywhere right now. If someone wants to rank to grind, I'm on Xbox, and my tag is holysheep253. I've been playing Wraith and Pathy and Lifeline, but a question for you two. Do you think that Wraith's kunai should have a better inspect? Because Octane, in my opinion, is the best inspect for his butterfly. And one more question for you too. Who is the most annoying legend to fight against? For me, it's hard to fight a lifeline and Gibby because end games when there are full squad and you knock two and their lifeline and she revives when you're focused on hitting the Gibby for 258 with the R99 <laughs> with a purple mag is just so annoying. But life is good where she is also just really annoying. And besides the arm shield, Gibby is fairly balanced. It's, a, it's an interesting question. Like the concept of who is frustrating to fight. Uh, for me, the answer is honestly like I get annoyed fighting acoustic and gas, but there's nothing I'm more scared of than the small hitbox characters that are crouch spamming and strafing. Like I understand the abilities being overwhelming with life and somewhat Gibby as well. Uh, but really, it's, it's the people that get an advantage in gunfights so much more that frustrate me personally at least and then on the kunai real quick before you give your answer i think kunai has an absolutely fantastic inspection it's the heirloom i have octane is great i'm not even a hater on any of the current heirlooms at all i think they're all awesome and unique in their own way yeah i i would say that legend aside that like crouch spamming small thing Mm -hmm. that's less like annoying oh i don't like fighting that legend the legend that i find annoying is crypto Mm. That drone's got so much health and is always zipping around. It is actually annoying to fight a crypto. Thank God that his pick rate isn't higher. Like, (laughs) it's so annoying. We've seen it in the ALGS cause some serious frustration. No doubt. We're going to rattle off some Instagram questions now. Coming from Bond underscore co-stars. Are you going to buy the entire collection event? If so, what is the cheapest way to get shards? 
Uh, I'll answer this one real quick because I've done way too much research on this. Cheapest way to get shards is to buy the bundles in the store together before you then buy the packs themselves to fill it out. Uh, For me, I did the math with my crafting. It's going to be 54 bucks for me to get the entire uh, event plus the heirloom. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. There's not an heirloom I'm dying to get, so we'll see. (laughs) Next question coming from Brian Cox. How do you attack a well-bunkered team in a building? This is a really great question, question. Brian. Uh, I think a lot of people have this question. First answer is don't. Yeah. If you can avoid the fight, even if you feel like you can take them, you know you have low-tier armor. Mm -hmm. Fighting over a small building, if they have a defensive legend or two, takes too much time mm-hmm. and you're just going to risk being third partied is not advisable. There are situations in the late game where you might have to, but any, any early game, like if we see anything like a, even if a, someone retreats into a defensive location, you will find us probably avoiding that. It's not worth it. Yeah. The, the kills aren't worth it, but it's more so even if you know you can kill them, you're going to get attacked because it's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. But if you must, There's my advice. Number one, attack on multiple fronts at the same time. Coordinated assault, you know, they're trapped in the building. They're watching doors tight. You need to attack multiple areas. Mm -hmm. Two, destroy doors. That takes a lot of it Mm -hmm. out of their kind of power. So using fuse, using grenades, just take out doors just to make them vulnerable at the very least. And then using shotguns and LMGs inside. Mm -hmm. Spraying. Very good idea. And lastly, secure the roof if there is one and attack from above. Mm -hmm. It just allows you to have intel. You see things, you have good angles on them. It's hard to shoot up. It's easy to shoot down. That's the advice, but really try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Next question come from Corio101. Does the G7 scout have drop at distance? What gun has the least amount of drop? Really good question. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, the measure of bullet drop is actually the projectile speed. Uh, The speed at which a round is fired counters the effect of in-game gravity. The weapon with the least amount of drop is a charge rifle. It has zero, but it has that slow kind of charge up rate of fire. So the actual projectile is still kind of hit, Mm -hmm. hard to hit at a proper range. But yes, there is bullet drop. Bullet drop is definitely a thing in Apex. Uh, Next question coming from Killer King. What are your sources for stats and info? Basically, where do you get your data? Yeah, so lots of work, hard work. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the number one source for us is we actually go to Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, They try to keep it updated every two seasons Mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of good weapon stats. I really like those. Uh, But then we also calculate our own stats in the firing range and do the third-party accuracy stat that you can't find anywhere else. A lot of time spent. Next question coming from Blurries. Do you think that Kings Canyon was a good change for public matches for the average player? We enjoy Kings Canyon. I'm loving the map changes. I wish it wasn't portrayed and pitched as a complete overhaul of the entire map. That's just a personal thing, but I think the changes itself and having it back in the game is totally fun, especially for the average player. Yeah, I I like Kings Canyon a lot too. I would say if we're saying maybe less than average player, I think Kings Canyon is a lot harder than Olympus. Mm -hmm. You have to know the rotations. You don't have triadents. It's harder as a map. Um, but I do enjoy the map. Last question coming from Marius. Why am I better in short range with the R301 than with an SMG? Really good question. I mean, just making a huge assumption here that you're comparing the performance with the R3 versus the R99. Mm-hmm. The damage per shot is higher on the R3, meaning that you have to hit less shots to get a knock. So it's easier. 
Mm-hmm. But SMGs are considered to be ideal in that medium to close range due to the aim down sight movement speed, reload time, and faster time to kill, but they do take more precision. So R3 is a little easier. You have to hit less shots, but those SMGs have a lot of benefits that try to make it easier despite that. Yeah, I think, Marius, I know what you're saying. Sometimes if I'm just not having a good day and not hitting my shots, the R3's accuracy will make me feel a little bit better. But like Henry was saying, those advantages with the SMG should overall lead to, if you can work on it, a better reason to use them in the close range. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Subscribe on Apple. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>